Just a quick note before we begin, if you could like and subscribe on your listening platform of choice, that would be super helpful. Thanks. Let's jump in. Happiness is really hard work. To be honest with you, I blew my brains out. I built a big boat, went around the world and went to all the parties around the world yeah. and did, you know, south of France yeah. for five years. I said, I've done everything I in the world that I wanted to do. I've accomplished everything I want to accomplish and I'm miserable. Hey you guys, thanks for taking your lunch break with us. I'm Jade. And I'm Alex. And we are the CEO Lunch Break. We have an insane guest today, Jade, don't we? Alex, I, I still can't wrap my mind around it. There's really no intro that we could do that could really capture the moment. So let's just go get our lunch with the king of lunch. What do you say? I'm starving. Let's hop right in. Jade, we are here today with a name that transcends the American spirit, an, an exceptional American name. You know those names that kind of are embedded in the actual fabric of America, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. just subconsciously American. Yep. I'm talking about Ben and Jerry, Whoa. Papa John, Calvin Klein. Wait, what? We have a name like that on our podcast right now. He's sitting right here with yeah. us and we're going to talk to him. No kidding. On this episode. So we are here today, ladies and gentlemen, with the one, the only, Jimmy John. What's up, fellas? <laughs> Ma'am. <laughs> thanks, for, thanks for joining our, uh, our podcast. That, I get it. I get it. Good so, afternoon. Good to be here. So we want to start off with a kind of a bucket list item. If Steve Jobs was still alive, I think it would be really fun to iMessage on the iPhone with Steve Jobs. If the Burger King was here, right, or Ronald McDonald, wouldn't it be fun to have a Big Mac or a Whopper with them? That'd be insane. Because Alex. one day in the future, when we have kids, I want to be able to look them in the eyes and say, you know what? I had a Jimmy John sub with Jimmy, Jimmy John, John himself. himself. Oh, so shall we pop open a Seven. couple subs here? Alex, say cheers. Let's do it. Cheers. 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 Here's to you. So Alex, what is your order anyway? So I always get the turkey tom. Last week alone, guess how many times you I had cheap ass. You bought the you <laughs> bought the little mini for two bucks. You bring Jimmy. you bring me in here for for a podcast for an hour. You don't you don't pay me shit, and you give me and you buy me the the skinny cheapo. Look, Jimmy, I didn't think you'd want a whole sub. You've been running the biz for how long? Mm. Mm. How is she? Mm. I could eat in there. As you good guys, as always. You guys are rushing. What the heck? Get in there, Jimmy. Mm. Last week alone, I went to Jimmy John's four times for lunch. Mm. You madman. Four times. Everyone I work with, they make fun of me. They make fun of me for how many times I go. But it's always so good. Well. Wow. What are they going to say now? Mm. Well, I'll tell so you. So good. Too good. That damn sandwich is so good. It's so good. It's so good. The bread is so good. Freaking love the bread. And it's so fresh. Mmm. Mmm. Doesn't get old. Well done, Jimmy. You know what? It does get old, though. It's just like anything. When you eat too much of it, you get... Mm-hmm. True. You get tired of it. But when you come back to it, it's like, wow, it's so good. <laughs> and you, you know, and then you smash it like you did last week for four days in a row. Oh, yeah. And then all of a sudden, then, 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 you know, you get tired of it, but you come in and out. But... 
I haven't had a Jimmy John's in a long time, and that is a damn good Jimmy John's sandwich. <laughs> How long? So whatever store that came from, that was great. Heck oh yeah. gosh, I got. I think. Uh, you know what? I had it on an. I had it on an airplane. In December. Okay. I had an airplane ride in December. Yeah, we were flying somewhere, and and and, and the plane catered it with Jimmy John's. Wow. So it was. Yeah, I think December. Amazing. Amazing. Hey, first Jimmy of the new year. A hundred percent. That's iconic. A hundred percent. First Jimmy of the new year. <laughs> love it. So, well, I'm glad you love it so much. We we really do. So we want to kind of go back. Yeah. As we start off here to childhood. Yeah. What was school like for you? Were you you know, were you an ace in the classroom? Were you a troublemaker, yeah. class clown? What was your vibe in no, middle school? No, I was valedictorian. <laughs> I, was, I, was, I, was, I was top top notch valedictorian. I was a quarterback of the football team. Mm, I was boom. president mm-hmm. of the student council. Yep. I was. Uh, um, I did pole vaulting and pole jumping. I did. I did. Yeah, I was a real sporto. So the. Uh, but it's pretty well known that that my. Uh, uh, as a matter of fact. I was just asked to be on a board of uh, uh, a big board of a of a dyslexic or I think the largest organization in America on dyslexia because but I'm a dyslexic and um, so <clears throat> school for me was uh, was a super challenge um, uh, because when you when you're bright and you can't read well I, I could read but I couldn't comprehend. Mm-hmm. And so what happened was the teachers get so pissed off because I could uh, because in, in any situation I could hang and I could do or I could read a room or I could do what I had to do. But when it came time to reading and absorbing a lesson and then being tested on it, uh, the, 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 it actually got the teachers you know, they thought I w- Jimmy's not applying himself. You know, if Jimmy would just pay more attention, da 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 da. It's it's like it's like telling an alcoholic, oh, if if you'll just drink less, it is what it is. Right. And so um, it was a real tough one because um, even at a young age, I think I was above average bright, and just socially or or just just in general. And 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 I think that. When you're an uh, when you're an adult peer and you have a youngin who who has some smarts, I think and, and 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 then also if they gave me a little if they gave me a little bit of shit, okay, I gave it right back to them. <laughs> and and typically, I mine was 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 stung a little more. And so when and and so it was hard. It was uncomfortable because I didn't mean to be a a a, a, a troublemaker, but um, I wasn't dumb right. and, and apply myself, you know, but, but, and then on the other hand in math, I'm a whiz. I can do math in my head really, really well and really quickly. Mm-hmm. And then what they didn't like about the math is I, I didn't have to show the work on a long division mm-hmm. problem. I could do the whole division problem in my head and just write down the answer without showing all the long, how I got there. So it was, it was a very interesting time of my life and um, uh, challenge and um, but I graduated second to last in my class I, ha- I met a uh, I met a, a guy when I was a freshman at Elgin Academy his name was Jim Lyons and and um, and they were actually wanted to throw me out of the school and and he was the disciplinary dean and so Jim said uh, if you're gonna throw Jimmy out I'm leaving 
Wow. And they said, yeah, real well. And uh, Jim and I are close today. As a matter of fact, mm-hmm. uh, uh, my 60th birthday is this Saturday. And uh, Happy uh, early birthday. Gonna, to me. Thank mm-hmm. you very much. Uh, he's going to be with me in, in Phoenix at my birthday party. And uh, uh, my disciplinary dean. So we've stayed close our whole life. But he's the guy that kept me in school. And he's, he got me through. And um, uh, he did tell me that I needed to chill a little bit. <laughs> and... Uh, because I guess I was a little bit of a troublemaker. Yeah, what was you know? the most trouble that you got into? Like, do you have one that you look back on and go, what was I thinking? <laughs> well, I sold weed in high school. No way. Yeah, so, so, and not a lot, yeah. right? Like uh-huh. a little bit of weed in high school. And so, you know, maybe, you know, and now weed is, is like bread, you know, or like, you know, you want a big deal weed, <laughs> yeah. right? So, but I sold weed in high school, so I sold weed. So that was the worst thing that I did. I never got caught selling weed. But I think people knew. <laughs> um, but I didn't do a lot of it. Um, but I, I didn't really, you know, senior skip day. I planned it. I organized it. I got the <laughs> kegs. I found the location. It was an old quarry. So we all skipped school. We had kegs of beer. We all went out there. We swam. We drank the kegs of beer. And we and we needed four-wheel drive trucks to get into this quarry. So I, I organized the kids that had four-wheel drive trucks because I didn't have a Jeep or a four-wheel drive truck. And we got everybody there and, and got the kegs there and we got the drink and we, and we partied all day. And there was a hill. And somebody was on the top of the hill and we'd run down the hill and jump into the quarry. And somebody's on the top of the hill and said, hey, there's a police car coming <laughs> way down there. And he's stuck. So no somehow, some way, the police found <laughs> I said, okay, let's, I guess it's 4 o'clock. I said, we've had a day. Let's, let's pack it up and rip. So we packed up all of our stuff and we got out of there. And luckily, the police car got 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 uh, uh, got stuck, and and then and, and never got in trouble for that. But but back in the day when I was a kid, and 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 I was raised in northwest suburbs of, of Illinois in Cary, Illinois. I had a very close relationship with Officer Keys, mm-hmm. and and so, so when we were when we were when we were when we did stuff wrong or or he or if there was stuff going on that he didn't want, he would come and see me and say. This is going on over here. I want you to tell the kids to cut it out. And so I would always go say, hey, guys, they're on to us. <laughs> mm-hmm. So we got to cut it out. So Officer Keys would count it. And then if you drank too much, Officer Keys would take the keys to your car and give us a ride home. No so way. <laughs> it was old school. You got to remember, I'm 60. You guys are yeah. 20. Okay. <laughs> I'm, I'm like, I'm an old guy here. But Officer Keys was a wonderful community cop. And we really had a community where we didn't we didn't vandalize we didn't have vandalism mm-hmm. we didn't it, we just we just had fun you know we yeah. had kid fun mm-hmm. we you know we threw stones and skipped rocks and rode mini bikes and and uh, smoked pot and and drank beer and we did you know we did <laughs> we did what kids do and but we did it in in uh, without iPhones. Yeah. You know, and so, you know, everybody looked different because we didn't have Instagram to show us all how everybody looks the same. And now, right. you know, everybody looks the same because everybody looks like Instagram. So it was, mm-hmm. it was, it was old America. It yeah. was very, it was, it was Americana. It was, it was a beautiful upbringing in Cary, Illinois. We had a butcher shop. We had a bakery. We had the Cary supermarket where we shopped and, 
and uh, we had, you know, it was really old school America. It was beautiful. It was, it was, it was old school Americana, and uh, yeah. I wish I grew up with Jimmy. Yeah, that would have been like fun. So fun. <laughs> let me let me ask you this. Yeah. You know, you were obviously struggling with dyslexia. Yeah. People weren't respecting you. They didn't know where you were at. Were you thinking? at all like what you wanted to do in the future was there any moment or you were like i can't i can't well, perform in school what am i going to do for work no that's a great question so it's not that they weren't respecting me okay it's i didn't deserve to be respected they weren't disrespecting me mm -hmm. okay <laughs> i didn't deserve to be you know i was a shithead okay so i got what i deserved okay because if you respect yourself and you act respectfully, anybody will respect you. Whether you're on the street, in the hood, if you respect yourself, the hood will respect you. It's about self-respect. So I just wanna make that straight. So, but <laughs> I did think about what I was gonna do, and, but not a lot, and, and, I, and, and which is gonna lead us into the story of, of, of really the early days of Jimmy John's, and, and it was March of, of, of uh, 82, and I was graduating from uh, school in 82. And my dad said to me, you know, you really need to figure out what you're gonna do with your life. And you know, you've always talked about having a hot dog cart, a little hot dog stand, like a little hot dog and tamale, like like Dick Portillo, mm -hmm. when Portillo started out. And you know, you've always wanted to do that. He said, but I really like you go to the army. And so my dad went to the army and my dad was the first Leoto, which is my last name, uh, which came from New Orleans, and it's French Creole. And uh, anyway, it came from New Orleans. And, and, and my, my dad's side of the family was, uh, uh, my, my uh, uh, grandfather was born in New Orleans, had four brothers, there was five boys total. My grandfather was born in 1903, and my great-grandfather was what was called an octoroon, or a mulatto. He was half black, my great-grandfather. And so my, my great-grandfather brought my grandfather and his four brothers to Chicago in 1910 to break the color line. So they, were, they had skin color like me, uh -huh. and we, we have similar yeah. uh, colored skin. Mm -hmm. And they combed their hair straight, and they, and they changed their birth certificates, and they passed off as white. And so wow. that was that, so that's, that, that's where my dad's side of the family came from. So they, and my mother's a Lithuanian immigrant that came from Lithuania when Russia invaded mm -hmm. Lithuania. World War II, so what a mix. So Seriously. my father was the first Leoto to get an education. He got the education because he went to the army and the army gave him a GI Bill and that's how, yep. he, that's how he was yep. able to get his education. So my dad wanted me to go to the army. Yep. So I said, look, I'm not going to the army. I'm, I'm not a fighter. I don't like to fight. When I get in fights, I get beat up. I don't know how to fight. I'm not, my older brother, Greg, fighter. My younger brother, Robbie, fighter. My sister, Lara, Fighter, Jimmy, <laughs> don't even know what I'm doing. Were you getting in fights in school? <laughs> no, but when I no, I because once I once I did and I and I get beat up. I mean, I I avoided them at all costs, and, and yeah. my jokes are better than theirs. <laughs> so you know, I maneuvered out of them, you know. So anyway, but I didn't want to go to the army, and my dad said, "Look, I'll lend you twenty five thousand bucks to open up this hot dog stand, and and if it makes it." I'll own 48%, you'll own 52%. If it fails, you go to the Army for two years, you don't pay me back. And that was really it. Graduate from high school, 
I went and visited hot dog stands all around Cary and Crystal Lake and all my suburbs where I was r raised in. And in a week, I had my list of equipment, my menu, and I and and I figured out how to price the equipment. And it was used, and it was in Chicago in the West Loop, where the uh, used restaurant equipment houses were, and it was forty-three thousand uh -huh. so dollars. Way more money than I had. Too much money. And I went and saw my dad, and I said, "Look, I need more bucks." And he said, "No deal." So he said, "It's twenty-five grand." Randomly, and I've told this story three or four times on on different podcasts, but this is what happened. I was at Southern Illinois University at the end of June of '82. After my hot dog research, after the price <laughs> of the equipment, <laughs> aha moment, and I just. After the bars, I bumped into this little sandwich shop that uh, right on the main drag at Southern Illinois University called Booby Sandwiches, and it had a meat slicer and a refrigerator and a cash register. And the refrigerator had soda, it had beer, it had meats, it had vegetables, it had condiments, and they made the sandwiches on a little make table, and they had the bread in a bag, and you got a sandwich and a beer or a sandwich and a Coke. And I just went from fryer, steam table, milkshake machine, ice makers, flat top grills, steamers, grillers to no equipment and so for me it was a hell of an aha yeah. moment i said you know what i can do sandwiches so much simpler than what i just came from so i think i'm going the sandwich business so i switched to sandwiches <laughs> subway wasn't baking in the stores right. yet i went then I, I came home from southern i went back home i expanded my circle of looking at sandwich shops and i found a sandwich shop in milwaukee called Cousin Subs. I've been there. Have you been to Cousins? Yeah, I used to live in Madison. Oh, no kidding. Yep, used to have Cousins all the time. Cousins had great bread. It's good. Really cousins good. Cousins is good. So I'd never had homemade bread before in a uh -huh. sandwich shop, and I and I ate the Cousins bread, and I said, wow, I gotta yeah. make Cousins bread. I love it. So, so I figured out how to make bread, and, uh, and so I graduated in June, and July I was baking bread, and August of 82, I came up with six sandwiches I liked. I invited my family over. They voted on four of them. Which were the four? Uh, the original was the Pepe, the ham okay. and cheese, uh, the uh, the tuna, the Italian, and the uh, turkey. Okay. And, and and you know this is completely politically incorrect, but I'm going to say it anyway because it's truth. I originally named the tuna sandwich the Larissa, which is my sister Lara. That's her name. Uh -huh. Okay. She was like 12 when I opened Jimmy John's. When she turned 16, 17, and she wanted, she wanted to come visit her brother at Eastern Illinois University and, and party, she comes out, she said, Jimmy, you, you, you can't name the tuna sandwich after me. You can't do that. So can you change the name? So I changed the name to Sorry Charlie, and I was using uh, 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 Starkiss Tuna, right? Uh -huh. okay. uh, and so I used Starkiss Tuna forever, and then I switched tuna to Chicken of the Sea, and... and, and uh, the Starkist tuna called me and said, you can't say sorry, Charlie, anymore. So I said, <laughs> all right, what am I going to do? And it was actually my attorney, Dean Papadakis, came up uh -huh. with the name Totally Tuna. And and that was Dean's idea to okay. have be called Totally Tuna. So funny story about that name. Now, here's the story about the, the, the turkey, which is so, I mean, this is awful. My two cousins were at Eastern Illinois University okay. where I opened. That's why I went there because okay. they were there. My brother Greg was coming out of the army and he was gonna go okay. to Eastern. I went to Eastern, family was gonna be at Eastern, that's how I chose Eastern. Uh -huh. For no other reason except that I'd be by family. <laughs> so, 
I, my cousin Steve and Mike were at Eastern, so I named the Turkey Tom the S&M after my cousin Steve and Mike, oh. who are Delta Chi's here okay. at EIU, which I wrote it all out on the menu. So it was the S&M, right? Okay. Really cute S&M, right? <laughs> like, boy, yeah, you're really funny. So anyway, at, well, you know, S&M ended up being a little risque. You know, that was yeah, like yeah, pushing yeah. the envelope a little bit. So then I changed the name of the of the turkey sandwich to the turkey to the Uncle Tom. Oh boy! So then I was Uncle Tom for like three or four years, and all of a sudden that was this Not okay. word Uncle Tom that I never knew what it was. Oh, you're telling and then, the line. And then it became you know, oh shit, you know. So then you're wild. So then then we changed it to, to then I changed it to Turkey Tom. So but those were the original four, and uh, Th- those are incredible stories. They it's really so are. Good. It's so all good. Real. I it, love it's it. That's what happened. Better better story is the bread dough. So I'm Ooh. mixing bread dough in my mom's kitchen. And I'm mixing bread dough, and I'm going back and forth to the grocery store. And one day, I'm going past the freezer section, and I uh, pick up a, 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 a I see a, a clear plastic bag with four frozen uh, uh, loaves of dough in, in this clear plastic uh-huh. bag. So I grab one, and I throw it in the cart. I go home, and I take one of these doughs out of the bag. I thaw it out. I cut it in quarters. I stretch it out. I bake it in the oven. And the bread was better than my bread by 5X. It was so good, this bread that I uh-huh. just picked up in the frozen dough section. So I looked over, I, I looked on the bed, and it said, Rich's Frozen Products, Poughkeepsie, New York. Well, junior and senior year, you know, I struggled in high school. I did the work program as well. So uh-huh. I worked every day from noon to 5. Oh, sweet. And wow. then I worked Saturdays from 8 to 12. Okay. And I worked in a consumer electronics company that made CB antennas and radar detectors. (laughs) And so I would take customer service phone calls, I would take the call, and after a while, they were repeat problems, and I knew how to help people Uh fix the issue over the phone. But during that journey, I have the, you know, I told you I'm dyslexic, and I'm a little bit spectrum as well, but my memory with numbers is crazy, so I know every area code in the country. So at the time, the area code in New York was 212. And, and we didn't have Google, so uh-huh. we, had right. to, we had to dial on a rotary. And these are telephones. These are these things that we had that were attached to the wall, and they had bells when they rung on them. So I dialed 212-555-1212, directory assistance for New York. And you remember that number? Yeah, a direct assistance in the whole country was 555 oh, oh. okay. You just put the area code before it. Interesting, yeah. okay. I got so, you. yeah, it's a boomer thing. Don't, <laughs> don't worry about it, audience. You'll, you'll, yeah. Calm down, calm down. Sorry. We'll get you. So I call and I say, give me the number of Rich's Frozen Products in Poughkeepsie, New York. She gives me the number. So I call the number and the lady says, Rich's Frozen Products. <laughs> and I said, can I speak to Mr. Rich? She says, one moment, please. Whoa. No way. Yes. He's, this is Bob Rich. I said, he said, what can I do for you? I said, well, I said, my name is Jimmy John and I'm opening a sandwich shop and I just bought your bread dough at the grocery store in Crystal Lake, Illinois. And I want to use your bread dough in my sandwich shop at Eastern Illinois. And he said, what'd you say, ma'am? <laughs> and I said, my, my voice is, you know, nice. I'm a little, I'm a little. I love your voice, by the way. My voice it's is a little distinct, It's legendary. Right? It is. So she, so I'm like, no, I just went with it. So. He said, want to use my bread dough in a sandwich shop? I said, yeah. <laughs> he said, "He said, give me your phone number. Let me call you back. He says, I got a friend of mine that's opening a, a dough factory in, in Illinois right now, and he's baking bread, and he's in the middle of construction. Let me call my friend Lou Ganella. 
So I said, okay, here's my number. So I gave him my phone number. He calls me back two minutes later. He says, what are you doing tomorrow morning at 9.30? I said, yeah, let me check my schedule. <laughs> he said, happens to be open, what's up? He says, you go down to Wiley Road in Schaumburg, Illinois, here's the address, and you go meet my friend Lou Ganella, and it's under construction, he said, but they got a small little factory, they're building a bigger one. Go see him, and he's gonna have a whole bunch of bread for you. I said, really? He said, yeah. He said, you'll be there, right? I said, I'll be there. So I get in my car. I went to, went to the factory. It was under construction. I walk in the door, and there's a, there's a yellow hard hat on, with my name Jimmy John on it. Sick. Amazing. And another hard hat with the name Lou. I think his name was Lou Ganella. Lou on it. So I showed up there. She says, we've been expecting you, the, the receptionist lady. It was the, the room was half the size of the room we're in right now, uh -huh. the reception area. And he comes out to greet me. And how are you? How are you? Good to see you. And he takes me into this room where he's got, I mean, from the way my memory is now, guys, probably 25 different bread doughs. Wow. He says, yeah, yeah. He says, start eating these doughs. So I'm eating bread and bread and bread, and bread. I said, I really like this bread right here. This bread is The phenomenal. same one. The same one as today. I've tweaked it a, okay. a whole okay. lot since then. I used to put the yoga mat stuff in it that Subway ah. got busted for. Ooh. I just, once they got busted, it really made it really nice and chewy. Wait, what is this? Yoga mat? There was. What is this? You don't remember. <laughs> this, you probably weren't even born. Remember, I'm doing was this? this. This is Jimmy John's almost 40 years old now. Yeah, yeah. So, but there was this ingredient that, that, that <laughs> I didn't know, but it was, a, it was an additive that made it the dough really nice and chewy. Oh, like a yoga mat. Like a yoga mat. Like you could okay, do yoga I'm thinking on it. yoga mat is like in this bread right now. No, no, no. But so, so then all of a sudden, when when mm -hmm. when natural got cool, right, and right. Then and the it came out. Subway had a big headline that you know Subway has the material they make yoga mats out of in their bread dough. So we had the same stuff in our bread dough. So we had we had to pull and we pulled it all out. And I think I'm pretty sure now that it's pretty much all natural. But but anyway, yeah. the story goes. <laughs> Here's two old guys playing with a kid. <laughs> Bob Rich, Rich's Fro, they make the creamer, they make, I mean, it's this giant frozen products company. Who would have thought that he picked up the phone? Right. This is Bob Rich. The lady didn't ask, what is this all about? Like right. pre-qualifying me? There's nothing worse yeah. than, you know, oh, can I ask what this is all about? I mm -hmm. hate that when you call somebody. You know, hey, can I speak to Papa John? Right. Uh, who's calling this Jimmy John? Uh, what is this about? I'm like, I just want to talk to Papa. You know? <laughs> and he just so, wants to talk to Papa. But the, I just hate pre-qualifiers. No, yeah, I get I, it. I, it drives me crazy when people just check your status to see uh -huh. if you're worthy of something. Because we're all worthy of everything. I love that. And so mm -hmm. I don't dig when I don't dig status checks. I'm Thank not you. down with it. I'm not cool with it. I was judged by me my whole entire life being a big guy and I just don't like it right okay it ain't cool and right it, and it shows Jimmy because you are our literal seventh guest ever we've only released three episodes and you said <laughs> yes to us and I just thank you for that because you know what? It's time on a good day, and I happen to be in Nashville because I live in Key Largo, Florida. Uh -huh. Okay, ever, ever, I live in Key Largo in the winter. So, anyway, here I am. So I'm happy, happy to be here Thank and you. happy Thank to you. do it. Thank you. So anyway, but just to have all that go down and have it happen. And long story short, listen, I opened that store. Uh, you know, it, I went through a whole lot of learning about how to lead and how to become a leader. And employees left me, and one thing led to another. And I, you know. Uh, Positive is we did 150,000 in sales the first year. We made 40,000. I split it with my dad. 
48.52, and the second year we did 180,000 in sales and made 55. We split it, and so if you did the numbers for that today, I mean, my sandwiches were two dollars and ten cents, wow. and now they're ten bucks. So that means the store did like a million dollars in today's dollars. You know, that's insane. Dang. It's amazing. Do you think them answering the phone and like not status checking you and giving you the tour of the bread? Do you think that was like fate? Do you think it was luck? Do you think it was divine intervention? What do you make that up to? You know, first of all, I don't, I don't know about any of that divine intervention stuff. Yeah, but I think that I think that for sure, and anybody that has any, uh, you know, any. Uh, 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 talent or skill in any particular arena and is successful with that talent and skill at any given time has a whole a whole shit ton of luck okay uh -huh. but you know you know you can you you can be given a bag of flour and a bag of yeast and a bag of water and the three of us can be given and some salt and, and maybe a little bit of oil and we could all be given the same ingredients exactly the same ingredients and all three of our breads will come out differently right because mm -hmm. we're all different humans we're all mm -hmm. just different so i think there was a lot of it and i think that that had my father not been so strict on the money like i needed 500 dollars at the end for an ice machine and he said no Really? No deal. So I sold an I sold a, a, t a little nine ounce cup of Coke for a quarter out of a dispenser. It was twenty five cents for a Coke, and there was no ice. It was cold, but it was a quarter. So sandwiches were two ten. The Coke was a quarter. So I think that my father, you know, being as tough as he was, and sticking to his deal, and I think that um, what happened to me at Jimmy John's that really, really sparked me was the first time in my life I had something that people accepted me for that 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 the public just said this is awesome I was in the cause I opened up with two buddies in January they were both gone by March and I was alone me in the sandwich shop mm -hmm. and my customers came in Jimmy how you doing good to see you I would have conversations with them I knew what they I, I I honestly, I would profile, and mm -hmm. I knew that if they were big like me, that they would like extra mayonnaise <laughs> because that's why we're big. And if they're little profile like you, me. you would have gotten hardly any mayonnaise. But you I need more. You were a high-margin client, so I really, so I mean, I would profile, and I and I really could size people up and make them what they wanted and make the sandwich for that person, and um, and 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 just my ability to do that, and to it, it was the first thing in my life. You know, because I was a fat kid and I couldn't play sports and I couldn't read and the teachers didn't like me and I and 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 I was bankrupt. We were bankrupt twice as kids. I was uh -huh. bankrupt in '72 and '76. My dad was, and and I tell the story. I mean, we 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 were like down to powdered milk, down to my dad telling us we're going to have to we're going to be leaving the house. The bank's going to take yeah. the house. We're going to move into an apartment. And this is after we just moved into this house. When and my mother and my brother Greg and I moved us over a whole summer in a station wagon while my dad worked. And I was in, you know, when you're moving stuff and you're in second grade and you're and you're three foot tall, it's a lot to to take, you know, fifty station wagon loads. That's a lot for for a little kid. And and so, you know, I went through a lot. And and it was the first, you know, when I had this thing. It, I got lucky that I could work from eight in the morning till two in the morning and I loved it. 
but I didn't love it at first, but I didn't mm -hmm. have a choice. So I did it. But then after two, three weeks, I'm like, I can do this. I can work from eight to 2 a.m. and I can, I got the energy to do it. And then I learned how to balance my checkbook. And then I kept the checkbook and I paid for everything COD. And then I got connected. I watched that bank balance go up. I watched it go down. I became an accountant by default. And, and then I became a really good accountant. And then I learned how to lead by example. And then, and then I learned that, you know, I was a street kid, right? And the street doesn't lie. The street will make anybody honest. Because if you're dishonest on the street, they'll kill you. Okay? The street is just honest. That's mm -hmm. why DC needs to go get their ass kicked on the street and straighten their asses yeah. out real they need, quick. They need right? Captain you do a bad deal on the street, you're done. You do a good deal on the street, they're like, this is the guy to do business with right here. Mm -hmm. That's the way it works. They're just in their world up there in D.C. <laughs> but uh, anyway, I forget where I'm going with this, but because they just piss me off so much. <laughs> they do. I like break it half of everything that I've ever made, and look what I'm doing with my half, and mm -hmm. they've just pissed True. mine down the toilet. So anyway, but I'm not going to. I apologize for that. No, no. let it out. Let it out. It's an adventure yeah. session. So, so anyway, but but you, you asked about is it divine intervention? I got lucky. I handled it. I, I did it. I could do accounting. I paid my dad. I bought my dad out in March of 85. I paid him out for, he wanted the 25 grand and 10% interest. And then he hits me with compound interest. <laughs> you know, and I, you know, and I'm like, dude. He sounds know, like a what's good dad. He, you know what? What a businessman. He was a tough guy. And I don't think I'd be, you know, I'm. Had I not been through what I went through as a child mm -hmm. and as a young adult and as a middle-aged adult. And, and, uh, and, and, and I remember in 2014 that I, I supported Mitt Romney as a presidential guy. I became, I, I, I guess I was probably a billionaire right around that time uh -huh. when I became a billionaire, yeah. maybe around 2012, 13, 14, somewhere mm -hmm. around there. And I had way more than I could ever use. And with my background, with my dad's story, my mom's story, she came to Ellis Island after you know, escaping my, and, and, and my grandfather got caught when they escaped and they got put into a camp. And my grandfather Whoa, escaped geez. the camp. And not only did he escape the what? camp, he found my grandma and my mom and sister. They were like 10 and 12 and, and they made it to Germany. It's just, a, it, I mean, our family, being where we are today in this country is a miracle uh -huh. and how we survived is a miracle how my grandpa went to a a a a a, 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 a prison camp in in poland and and escaped it how the hell did he escape a a a, a prison camp from a lithuanian from countess lithuania Goodness. you don't escape you they kill you in those camps that's insane and so, jimmy you know it's a it, it so anyway I became politically active. I, I, I always paid all my tax because we were in the licensing business. So we made royalties. So we had, we had some company stores that made us a few million dollars a year, but our, our, the real huge part of our income came from the, the, the licensing fees. And so I am a bit of a Pollyanna uh -huh. and I wanted to help, I, I wanted other people in America that had a dream that worked as hard as I worked to be able to sit here and do what I did yep, and do it. And, and so I got, that's the reason I got involved in politics. No other reason. I never wanted a favor. I never wanted a damn thing. Mm -hmm. I wanted nothing. I wanted to give back to my country mm -hmm. that was so good to me and so good to my family. Yeah. And so I got involved in politics and, and, uh, 
uh, and in supporting Mitt Romney, and I got real close to him, and 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 uh, and then we, we lost the election, and that was, and I got canceled. I was the first, you know, <laughs> one of the first, you know, I, I'm like a D minus celebrity, you know, the sandwich guy, you know, the pizza guy's probably a B, you know, but, you know, Papa, yeah, Papa, Papa, you know, but I was for sure a D minus, you know, not even a D. Oh my goodness. But anyway, because I'm a big hunter, I've hunted all uh -huh. over the world. And uh, so anyway, I got canceled and attacked and I never knew, I never knew how dirty the world was. I lived, you know, I built Jimmy John's in the Midwest. Yeah. I didn't go to the left or right coast. I didn't go there. I stayed in the Midwest vein from the Dakotas right down through Texas, right down Florida. And I just stayed away from, from, from those poorly run cities and, and states. And, um, uh, you know, I never knew about it. I was really naive. And uh, so anyway, uh, at the end of the day, I'm glad I did what I did. Um, uh, in my journey, I then was a big Trump supporter and, and was, um, got to know him really, really well and on a personal, intimate yeah. level. And the man on a one-on-one -on -one is such a gentleman. Really? He is, he is kind. He is thoughtful. He has an amazing memory. I had surgery in last June. He called me on my phone no in the way. middle of July and asked me what? how I'm doing, just to check in. No he said, way. Meredith, my assistant, told me that you that you had surgery. I'm just checking to see how you're doing. Wow. Incredible. How's your wife's play doing? My wife's a playwright. She's an award-winning playwright. One of the reasons we're here in Tennessee. And um, uh, you know, he's a he's such a wonderful man. And anyway. It, it's a, I, I really don't want to take your podcast and make no, your no, podcast no. No, no, left is, or right. This nope. is my experience. Yep. Um, how, uh, how did you meet Trump? Yeah. What was the first time you met him? What, were you like, were you nervous or were you just bump into him like at a party or something? No, I don't bump into people at parties and it's <clears throat> not a bump into a party uh -huh. kind of a guy. Yeah. Um, uh, so I raised a lot of money for Mitt Romney oh, I and, um, and I, can, I have the ability to do that. And so it's a small world. And so you're, it's a small world. And cool. so um, I met him and uh, um, I believed in him before he got elected the first time. Mm -hmm. And uh, uh, so, um, and I just got close to him and, uh, and I raised a lot of money for him. And, uh, and so that's what you do. You, gotcha. um, uh, but typically what happens in politics uh -huh is when you raise a lot of money for a politician, mm. there's a, I drove you to the supermarket last week, you need to drive me to the supermarket this week. Uh -huh. I didn't need any of that. I don't, there's nothing I want. All I want is for people like you two uh -huh. to have a very successful business and a very successful podcast. And I want you to be able to work very, very, very hard to do that. And, and I want to play on an equal playing field Okay, mm -hmm. I don't like this where some of the people it's okay to get away with stuff because you're the son of a powerful person. You can do whatever you want. I, I don't like, mm -hmm. I don't like this country was built on an equal fair playing field. Okay. And it's, and life's mm -hmm. not fair. Yeah. Not every wildebeest crosses the river. <laughs> Even the really smart, good ones will get bit by a crocodile and get ate, mm -hmm. right. you know? So anyway. Uh, long story short is here I am talking to you guys <laughs> and, uh, in 2024 in a beautiful restaurant we built in, in Nashville that, that uh, you know, and uh, with the sunshine in our face and, uh, and aren't we so lucky? We are. We Very are. And we so. were talking the other night about like 
it's kind of crazy. You started off just making sandwiches. Yeah. You got in the kitchen one day and you're like, let me figure out bread. Let me add a couple ingredients. And you just started making sandwiches, which is kind of just a small little thing. Yeah. But when you really zoom out now, 30, 40 years later, Shit. and you look at like kind of the impact your company's had on America, it, you can't really measure it. I mean, we're talking like, we both remember the first time we went to Jimmy John's. When was it? It was, I was in like middle school, high school in Chicago on the river. And we, were, we just needed some lunch and we stopped into Jimmy John's. And I've probably been 200 times since. For sure. But like the employees that you've paid and lifted up and paid for their families and their houses, to just the stories that people can share in the restaurant over a sub. Yeah. The impact that you've had on America, like when I kind of jokingly at the beginning was talking about like American Fabric and Papa John's <laughs> and Ben and Jerry's. Yeah. It's, it's true, true though. It's true. It really is it true. Is. And so like to, to build that up mm -hmm. to really, I mean, you had like 100,000 employees, I believe, at one point. Yeah, I think more. Even more. Well, if we had 3,000 stores and you got 40 employees per, per store. True. And that's just on the operating side. 3,000. 20,000, right? Yeah, so to do all of that and then for them to come after you because of some sort of a political affiliation for something that you believe in, you care about, Yeah. it's absurd. Yeah, you know what? It, it is absurd, but you know what else? You know what's nice about getting older? It's not, it's not, it's not an evil person coming after me. Mm -hmm. It's humanness, man. Mm -hmm. We are all human and we all have envy. We all have jealousy. We all overindulge. We all covet thy neighbors, whatever we want to covet. Mm -hmm. We all have car envy and we are humans. And you know what? If you see somebody as a potential threat, you're just going to be human and you're gonna act humanly. I used to think that they were bad people, but I don't think so. I just think that as human beings, I think that we're, we're what we are. We're designed to subsist and, and exist utilizing the least amount of energy, right? And then mm -hmm. we can, and then, and then we, that, and, and that helps the species procreate its, its nature. So there's two ways you can do it. You can come here at the 1230 Club in Nashville, Tennessee, like my son Freddie did for two years and open up the kitchen every morning as the opening chef and stick the key in the door and turn the lights on and fire the grills and you could work through COVID with masks on and you could go do that for 15 hours a day, seven days a week because people don't show up and you could do what my son Freddie did and, and you could do that. Or you can figure out a way to be um, somehow uh, affiliated with somebody and somebody will just, you know, give you some money because you're really pretty or they'll give you some money to come and do a show up. Uh, and, and for example, um, uh, uh, who's that right there on the, uh, is that Carrie Underwood? Let's just Laney, call. Laney Wilson. Okay, that's <laughs> Laney Wilson. You can be Laney Wilson. Laney can do what she does and make a hundred grand a night being Lainey Wilson, or she can come make 15, 20 bucks an hour in the kitchen at 1230 club. Well, I think Lainey's going to choose to show up <laughs> and, and make her a hundred grand. So I, I really learned now that, that I think that humans will take the path of least resistance and we all are susceptible to it. You, you, me. Okay. Mm -hmm. We're the mm -hmm. same. We have all failed the same. We've tried, some people, I would say that people, some people maybe try more than others or some people are more tenacious than others. I would say Tom Brady probably outworked and outsmarted <laughs> and outstudied a lot of other people, 
right? 100%. Mm-hmm. The guy is something else. Yep. And uh, um, so, you know, I don't really think that it's, uh, I don't think that, that at the end of the day, I don't think that people just like, let's just say Republicans and Democrats, there's no evils. We're all, we're, we're humans on mm-hmm. both sides. Mm-hmm. We're humans on both sides. Yep. Let's just acknowledge our humanness. Yep. Let's be human. Let's just be like, oh yeah, I was a little jealous. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah, you got me on that one. And uh, you know, somebody's gonna be younger and smarter and richer and, uh, and more successful. And, uh, and I'll tell you, I, I have been lucky enough to meet some of these young, young stars around here right now and um we the 1230 club opening morgan wallen played the 1230 club opening eric church played Dang. it and zach brown played it there Ooh. is no chance in a million years that any of those three guys because we opened <laughs> during covid uh-huh. right and it was before, before morgan exploded right mm-hmm. but i mean there's there's no way that 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 would happen now today right so you asked me if my you know is there some luck involved uh-huh. You think there's a little luck there? <laughs> I don't know that that, that was just, we were on lockdown and everybody wanted to play something, do something, right? And, uh, and we had those guys open up here at the 1230 Club and just did it just as a, as a uh, you know, as a, and, and just did it. And uh, uh, and we partied and had, had a great opening, but uh, I don't know, that, that was just luck, right? Yeah. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Did COVID suck? Yeah. How was our opening? It was pretty good. I'm gonna go grab a snack. We'll be right back. So Jimmy, right now, I know you don't sit as CEO of Jimmy John's anymore. Kind of, can you just walk us through how you transitioned out and what that looked like? Sure. So I sold 28% of Jimmy John's in 2007 to a private equity company. I kept 65% and I gave 7% to my employees. And uh, and then in 2016, uh, the 28%ers were taken out. And at that time, I owned 65% of it and I sold 30 points of my 65 points. And I kept 35 points and my employees got out and then the 2007 investors got out and then I kept I kept that, that money in. And, um, and then I worked with that private equity company. I worked with them for a while and it didn't jive with me because I operated instinctually and they operated with data. Mm. And so if you can imagine my company at that time was doing about 2.8 billion, I think in sales. Oh, in addition to that, we had the entire supply chain that we that we, which was a side of the business that most people don't have, but we 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 we, we provided the majority of the product and purchased the commodities, handled logistics and shipping and trucking from the manufacturer to the distribution houses, and and so it was quite a complicated company. And I um, I did things like when I made money, I would buy farm ground. And, and I started, and I saw the money that I got in 07, I didn't need, I didn't have any debt when I sold and, and I was well over a hundred million. I got like 135 million, I think in 07. So I bought farm ground and gold and gold. And huh. so like bars um, of gold. Yeah. Gold. Cause I didn't know how to invest. I'm a sandwich yeah. guy. I, so, yeah. I bought farm ground, farms. <laughs> so, so I saw, I started planting corn and soybeans and learning about, uh, corn and soybeans and 80% of Hellman's mayonnaise is soybean oil. 
I'm the largest user of Hellman's mayonnaise in the world. So I said, Hellman's no. mayonnaise, well, can I supply the soybean oil for the Hellman's mayonnaise? They said, well, you're not going to be able to supply enough of it, but you're, you're welcome to hedge it on, on the market and, and, and buy it on the commodities market. And then we'll lock in the price for the air and we'll guarantee we'll buy these contracts and we'll have it. Well, what I would do is a couple weeks before it was time for me to lock in my contracts is I would walk my bean fields and I'd open up bean pods and no I'd way. see if I had a bean pod that was full, big, fat soybeans in there, I knew soybean oil prices were going down. Uh-huh. And if mm. I popped open a pod and it was they were skinny, I knew soybean prices were go- soybean oil prices uh-huh. were going up. So when you try to work with a private equity company that has, you know, <laughs> California retirement pension fund, they're like, so how do you know when to secure these commodities? I'm like, come on, jump in my truck with me. We're going to go to my farm. We're going to count soybean pods. What does that mean? How do you know? Oh, my goodness. You know, so it was so instinctual. Mm-hmm. But I bought the low of the soybean market 14 years straight. So, um, you know, I didn't know the word data. I didn't, I didn't know what that was. And every bill that came in to Jimmy John's today, I paid today. And they said, well, if you can hold this for 30 days, what do you hold it? I said, well, it will clutter your desk. <laughs> well, why would you? You should pay it, you know? And I so love it. I, I was so foreign, mm-hmm. right? I was such a boomer, so antiquated, <laughs> right? Completely antiquated. I mean, we still answer telephones with humans. Like, uh-huh. you know, yeah. every problem that came into my office today we solved today. Mm-hmm. Every single issue that came in, whether it was an issue with your sandwich or one of my franchisees had a problem, you know, we took care of, we took care of it. But that's what you learn on the street. Mm-hmm. So the, the business outgrew me. Gotcha. So the okay. business outgrew me. And, I, and I, I was done. So what was it like? It was, it was weird because it was theirs. It wasn't mine anymore. I had 35%. It was theirs. So it's weird sharing a wife with somebody. You know, <laughs> I'm not. I wouldn't be good at that. So I know. I know that because Jimmy John's was like my. You know, uh-huh. my, yeah. My, this is my baby. So, um, but they were really kind, wonderful people, and and I said, you know, no more for me. I don't want to do this anymore. And so in 2019, we merged Jimmy John's into Inspire Brands, which is uh, Sonic, Arby's, Dunk, now Dunkin' Donuts, Buffalo Wild Wings, and and, and Jimmy John's. And, uh, and now it's, a, it's a, may just be, end up being the largest restaurant company, you know, maybe in the world at wow. this point in time. I think, what they, last time I think they told me they had 37,000, they call them touch points. Uh-huh. Imagine, yeah. I, I call them locations, <laughs> they call them touch points. <laughs> Imagine that. So uh, anyway, but, and they're growing like crazy and I know that they're bringing Jimmy John's to India and they were, oh, sweet. Yeah. they're doing all kinds Whoa. of, yeah, they're blowing it up. And so for me, God, what's it like? It was it was a really difficult transition. Um, happiness is really hard work. I love um, that. It is. To be honest with you, I blew my brains out. I built a big boat, went around the world, and went to all the parties around the world, yeah. and did, you know, south of France yeah. for five years, and and uh, went up to the Hamptons on the boat, and just uh, it really. You know, I did what I thought I was yeah. supposed to be doing, mm-hmm. but I was really off, and, yeah. it, and it was it wasn't working for me. Okay, and I found this chick in Nashville, this chick, this woman, a brilliant, brilliant coach, uh-huh. and I hired her four years ago. And she said, "Why do you want to want to want to work with me?" I said, "I've done everything I in the world 
that I wanted to do. I've accomplished everything I want to accomplish and I'm miserable. Mm. Dang. And I need some help. And I, I don't want to be miserable because mm -hmm. I, I got this and I have that and I have this and I have that and I have I have all the material goods in the world mm -hmm. and, and, and I'm miserable. And so I started working with a coach and and then I just, it's, because they don't teach you this in school. They don't teach you how to, how, how, how to transition from building a company for 35 years into, into a happy, healthy, uh, right. next stage of your life right. class at, you know, Vanderbilt, <laughs> yeah. you know, you know, and then who's going to teach that class? Exactly. And they're going to be out on their boat <laughs> yeah. in South France. So anyway, I, I just, you know, it, it, it took me a while to transition, and I think that was probably the toughest question that you asked me, uh, Jade, because mm -hmm. um, it was a really, really hard transition, because I thought once you got X, you'll just be happy. When I have this Ferrari, and I have this jet, and I have this boat, and I have this house in Aspen, and I have this apartment, and I have this thing, then all of a sudden, you know, like government says, just give us more money and then everything will be better. Just give people more right. money and they'll be happier. Mm -hmm. And there's nothing more opposite than the truth, you know. Um, uh, and uh, happiness is hard work. And I work really hard every single day um, to simplify, to check in with myself about... Um, and it's just not super serious, but it's real. Mm -hmm. um, if I go to an event, to me, and my, it's got to be a ten out of ten. If I'm hanging with people, for me, they got to be a ten out of ten. Now, look, we all have a different idea of what a ten out of ten is, right? right. So, in other words, it's really got to be great, you know, for me to do it. Mm -hmm. And and if not, I need to take the time to focus on my family, my health my my fitness and my well-being and that has really become my priority so my priority went from being very very selfish and and self-indulgent to completely the opposite and my and my core happiness has come from the opposite from 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 doing what i say looking after my wife looking after my kids taking care of my the, my extended family to the best of my ability and being a steward of what I have and then trying to feel good about what's going to happen to it when I'm gone and, and it's a big job it's a big job it's not it, it, it's not it's not that it's a big job but it's a it's 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 overwhelming because it, it grows exponentially it's called compound interest mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and it grows exponentially families grow exponentially and typically what happens is three generations out, they hate the founder. Mm -hmm. So we're conservative, job-creating, tax-paying, first-generation wealth creators. Mm -hmm. And by the time it gets to the third generation and they haven't met the founder and they don't know the founder, but they just have this dough, this cash, what happens is, is um, it's a human thing. In order to justify the cash, to hate the creator, because he stole it from the middle, the middle class. I took advantage of minimum wage people to get this money. Therefore, I don't like the founder, but I'm going to go ahead and keep the mm -hmm. trust fund. It's not that I'm going to keep, but boy, I don't like the guy that did it. But I'm going to. But but it, they, it's a justification thing. Mm -hmm. Again, humanness. Yep. Understanding humans and, and human behavior, and, and and so it's it's for me to think. It's hard to think down the line 
about how you know how they're going to do what they're going to do with what they're going to do with what they're going to get. It's uh, it's uh, it's a challenge, but I embrace it and I I'm humbled by it, and um, and I and I just uh, I just uh, you know deep down inside I just want to make good decisions. Mm -hmm. I want to do the right thing. I want to be forgiven for mm -hmm. my mistakes, and I want to just uh, you know I, I I you know and I would love to have the recipients of what I've created not have that largesse be the reason they fail. Mm -hmm. And I also don't want it to be the reason that they succeed. I want them to be the reason they fail. And yep. I want them to be the reason they succeed. So imagine threading that needle. Yeah, That's a hell of a needle yeah. to thread. Because I want them to have what I had, which is when I created my own shit, mm -hmm. Clean it up, you know. Yeah. Clean the shit yeah. off. Yeah. And when I create my own success, it's okay. Yeah. Celebrate. Yeah. So, so it's it's been it's been a, 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 an interesting transition, and um, and uh, uh, yeah, and I think that right here at this moment, I'm living it with you right now. Good. You know, yeah. and that sandwich was really damn good. <laughs> it really was. <laughs> Um, Mind if I take another bite? Please do. Please do. <laughs> it was really good. Jimmy I know, John's right? asking us permission to eat a Jimmy What's John's going on? So. What's, what's in the air today? <laughs> Something. <laughs> so I think it's fascinating that you finished second to last in your high school class. Mm -hmm. You didn't get a college diploma. Mm -hmm. Dyslexic. Mm -hmm. You know, you could... You're kind of... I, I wouldn't say like... You're not like a Harvard genius. You know what I mean? You're not a Harvard genius. But Far yet, from it. but you use throughout growing Jimmy John's and even now in your personal life, common sense to separate yourself. For example, going out into your, your fields and checking the beans, right. that's common sense. It's genius, but in a common sense way. And now even in your personal life, how do you find happiness? You simplify it down to, you know, family, friends, all that kind of good stuff. Even with your subs, you kept it simple. You kept it common sense. Yeah. So what is, for people out there, Yeah. if you could simplify down, if you could, a couple key ingredients, like, like on a sub, for true happiness and meaning, if you could simplify it in a common sense way, like you kind of did with your empire, because I think that's kind of your secret gift, mm -hmm. what, would you, what would you advise people on are those kind of common sense ingredients to happiness? Well, I, I, well first of all, I, I think for, for sure, I mean, I, I think two things. First of all, common sense on success, common sense on happiness. You really have to have your 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 finances have to be. You have to have your ducks in a row. Live below your means, way below your means. Throw your credit cards in the garbage. Pay cash. I know you love Venmo. I know you do it, <laughs> but cash is real. Like when you have cash in your pocket and then you're out of cash, stop drinking and stop spending. You're out of money. Um, so I think the first thing you got to have your finances. If you can afford a $300,000 house, buy a $200,000 house. Um, if you can afford to pay six grand for a used car or you wanna take and pay cash or take six grand and put it down and buy a $42,000 car and make payments, buy the $6,000 car. Take that money and put it in the bank and invest it. Just buy the S&P 500 or buy the NASDAQ. Just buy the NASDAQ and just and just let it ride. Don't And don't sell it, just hold on to it. And long term, over time, that the, the, the financial security is number one. You got to have financial security. Um, you, you know, 
being physical, I've learned after being heavy my whole life that if I don't work out every single day, I'm miserable. But you got to be financially taken. You got to be financially fit. You've got to be physically fit. You got to have. You you got to have presence of discipline in your life. You got to have something to hope for and something to dream about, something to look forward to, and um, um, and then you got to have really really great friends and people around you that you love and that champion you and that don't take away from you. That's what I think. That's for me. Mm-hmm. And we all have a different definition of spicy, right? Yeah. I'll make you my spicy tacos and you'll say, you know what? These spice, these, ta- I can't even <laughs> taste the pepper in these tacos. So we both said the word spicy uh-huh. and, and I think they're spicy as they're my spicy right. tacos. So we all have a different definition of what it is. And then as far as success goes, if you're going to be successful, it's really easy. Know what you're doing know what the numbers are and outwork every single person in the category period mm-hmm. and look what Tom Brady did he outworked everybody the guy never he hasn't had a piece of bread in 40 years <laughs> he hasn't had he hasn't had a coke he hasn't had an in and out burger he hasn't had a milkshake or Jenny's ice cream how good is Jenny's ice cream the best the best Gosh. you know but I mean this dude look at what he did you know he's a little extreme um you know I think Amazon got lucky uh, with uh, you know minimum wage blowing up to 15 bucks an hour and, and managers needing to make 52,000 a year and then all of a sudden COVID comes and all these small businesses in America can't afford the salaries and can't afford the minimum wage and in comes Bezos with the blue box trucks paying no rent. <laughs> hey, look at the man, right? Yeah. He's got new pecs, he's got new muscles, he's got a new doctor giving him some good juice. He's, he's got yeah. a young babe, he's got 10 or 12 boats and he's in Hollywood, baby. Yep. <laughs> so anyway, uh, thank you and thanks Obama on that one. And uh, <laughs> Uh, but uh, you know, but but you can really. Uh, Bezos earns what earn. He he got what he deserved. He's he's doing. He's done amazing. Uh-huh. I'm not, I don't I don't mean to 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 right, to, right, right. to mm-hmm. disparage him. I respect the hell out of what he's done. But he did get pretty lucky with all that stuff happening. <laughs> Remember we talked about luck. luck. Mm-hmm. There was a lot there of luck there. There it is. I don't think it was. I think it was luck. And I think the China virus did come from China. <laughs> um, so, um, but anyway. I think really, it's really pretty simple. And, you know, it's just like, you know, when you cook a great meal. I don't know if you're, are you a cook at all? I like to cook, I do. The better the ingredients, the better the meal, right? Yeah. Nothing better than a hot garden tomato, right from, that's still warm from the sun. Mm. It still has dust on it. Just slice it, a little bit of little sea salt on Oof. it. Is there any, I mean, <laughs> then throw a little burrata, and a little basil. <laughs> a little prosciutto like maybe. Papa John right now. Spice it up. You know, but it's. Yeah, it's not hard, but uh, uh, you you got to work, and you you can't uh, googling your way to success is is, is um it, it's it's uh, no uh, you've got to work, and uh, and so if you're willing to do the work, you know it's out there for you, and anybody who's willing, anybody who's willing to be uncomfortable, and be uncomfortable for a long long time because i have what i have because i was willing to endure more pain and be more uncomfortable than anybody that i ever knew i i, I had weekends and nights for for 30 years you know we, we put in 20 years you know of gym you know before the franchising started to work imagine a 20-year foundation you guys are 20. yeah so you know that's a whole lifetime of just a foundation so I don't know where I'm going with it, but um, it's a good answer. Uh, it is what it is, and and uh, but we have endured a lot of discomfort to be where we are today, and for me to have the choices that I'm able to make, and I think real wealth is choices and options. I don't think it's in stuff. 
Mm-hmm. You know, so, yeah. so you have 10 watches and I have five and you've got 15. Well, they all tell time. Yeah. You know, yeah. what's the deal? Yeah. yeah. No, I think that's great. Um, growing up, so you, you shared you didn't have a lot of money. Yeah. I would, I'd be really interested to know, obviously, now, like you said, being a billionaire. I yeah. know you have some children. Yeah. How did you kind of approach raising them, having money, and, like, was it, did they have to get jobs? What did you kind of instill in them in terms of entrepreneurship or college? Did they have a choice? You know, that's a great question. So I'm just going to tell you what, 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 what I did do. There was a woman that wrote a book. And her name was Dr. Lee Hausner, and the book is called Children of Paradise. And she was a she was a resource at a I, I belong to an organization called the Young Presidents Organization YPO. And I saw her speak at a at an event when before I had children. And um, and so she she wrote the, the the book was raising children that have bucks. Mm-hmm. And so I hired her when I I met Leslie, my wife, at McCormick Place in Chicago, which is a convention center. When I met her, she had a four-year-old son, and I adopted him. We got married, and we had two children in addition to that, so I have three children. So I hired Dr. Lee, and she said a couple of things about raising kids, and I and I did I kept Lee for 20 years uh, on my on my uh, I I had her as a, as a, a coach for, mm-hmm. for us as parents. There's a couple of things she taught us. Now, I don't know if this is the right way or the wrong way, and I'm not saying, but let me tell you what she taught us. First thing, when we disagreed or we battled, don't do it in front of the children, remove yourself, okay? Mm-hmm. Number two, if the kids asked you, can I sleep over at Johnny's house, and you thought, yes, it's okay, and you thought it wasn't, but I asked you first, can I sleep, and you said no, mm-hmm. even if you think it's okay, you support each other as a unified front, mm-hmm. and as a unified front, and then you have a sidebar discussion, but you're, but, but you're, but you're unified. So that was number two. Number three, no chicken finger babies. That means, <laughs> that means you know, kids that go out to eat and all they eat is noodles with, that, with butter on them, yeah. or chicken fingers, and that's all they eat. No chicken finger babies. The deal is, they don't eat, and she says after three days, they'll eat whatever's in front of them. No chicken finger babies. They eat everything, period, and that's it. Zero screens in the car, and zero screens at, at, at meals. Love, Love that. Restaurants mm-hmm. or out, no, no screen time. Zero, none. When you're in the car together, you are talking, you're playing the ABC game, yep. you're talking, you're having, what was the highlight of your day? Mm-hmm. So that, that's what Dr. Lee taught. No, no chicken finger babies, screen time, zilch during meals, zilch in the cars. You don't just have to have a screen all the time, right? Yeah. She taught us no means no, no negotiating. So once you say no, that's it, no means no. She taught us no advanced classes in high school. Really? Huh. All regular classes. So if your kid's an advanced math kid and he's doing really good in math, let him be the star of the class. Don't push him into this other stuff. Let him be the star of the class. And her, and her deal was, here's the deal. She says, your children are genetically predisposed to be whatever they're gonna be. With high confidence and high self-esteem, and which they get from boundaries, no means no, Mm -hmm. unified parents, no chicken finger babies, okay? (laughs) She said, when they have self-esteem and they have good genetics and they're raised with a lot of love and a lot of hugs, they're gonna be whatever, they're, they're gonna have a better chance to succeed way more than if they took advanced AP, 
uh, whatever yeah. yeah chemistry whatever it is mm-hmm. i don't know whatever the, but so she, she she said self-esteem is way way more important than than than, than what you study mm. and uh, and then she said one activity per semester so mm-hmm. what you don't go from dance to hockey to to, to taekwondo to to da, da, da. She, one thing she said they need to come home they need to be kids let mm-hmm. the kids be kids let them go out and play let them get dirty let them get muddy uh, but but one activity this and, and she says no traveling sports she said let kids be kids mm. this traveling sports you're doing it for you you're either having an affair with somebody else on the team no, <laughs> that was her joke she says but she says but you're doing that for you because you enjoy it yeah you're not doing it for them because it's the best thing for the kids is just to stay home and so you know we we follow dr lee's game and also if my kids put money in the bank so they got if they got and, and did they do chores absolutely dishes garbage pick up dog poop, mm-hmm. um, you know, absolutely they did that, pick up their rooms. But if they got allowance, if they put money in the bank, we matched it. So at Christmas, if they got, you know, a hundred bucks from grandma and grandpa, and then when they went to the bank, we'd take them to the bank, and then I would match it. Oh, so they get two hundred bucks in the bank. Okay. Right? That's great. And then they started then they started then they really two of the three figured that one out really good and everything went <laughs> the bank. One liked to have a wad in his pocket. <laughs> That's my son Freddie, who was the chef here at the twelve thirty. Oh my club goodness. For the first couple of years of opening here. And uh, anyway, he, he's the one that liked to have the wad of cash mm-hmm. in his yeah, pocket. Yeah. He didn't care. <laughs> about he, the match he he felt he liked having the wad. I don't know where he got that from. No. But um <laughs> So that's who we raise the kids, and you know, any you know, if you met my kids, um, my kids are uh, they are so average and so normal as as far as my perspective. If you went on their social media yourself, you tell me you would never know in a million years that they were related to Jimmy John or Jimmy Johns. Mm-hmm. You would never know that they mm-hmm. had a fancy lifestyle. You wouldn't see it. It's not present. It's not important to them. Mm-hmm. I bought them cars when they were 16. They're all driving the same damn cars. Cool. I'm like, can I get you a damn car? You know. <laughs> and, and 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 finally, the other day, Lucy's 25. She's a she's a um, a dorm mother at a boarding school here in in uh, in Franklin, and she oh, wow. her car is nine years old. And I said, Lucy, <laughs> you know, I'm buying you a car, yeah. and uh, and I did. I, I went and bought her. Because she just, you know, they uh-huh. like they don't care about stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. And I was so stuff oriented, this and that and yeah. this and that, and they're just they don't give a shit about stuff. Mm-hmm. And they're they're and they're loving. They they hug and mm. we, uh, and so I'm very very lucky. Cool. I, I've got an amazing kid, but I got a really really strong wife. Okay, my wife is strong. She's <laughs> tough and. She's probably eighty percent of the reason why the kids are so good. <laughs> you said you met her at a convention center? I met her at a convention center. What was your opening line? Oh were my were you smooth or were you dude not? Dude, I'm the furthest thing from smooth. Okay. I'm the guy that claps in between everybody else at the concert. Oh okay? my gosh. When when the whole crowd's moving left, I'm moving right. Okay. I am such a klutz. So I'm going to I met Leslie at McCormick Place. My friends have a beef jerky business that's called Jack Link's Beef Jerky. Uh-huh. It's a, it's the biggest beef jerky company in the, in, in the uh-huh. world now. And so they they were at. I was living in Chicago. I had Bulls tickets. Michael Jordan was playing that's for sick. the Bulls. No way. He, I swear. Gosh. And so I was going to get my friend Jay Link from his booth and take him to the Bulls game. And he said, "There's a girl who's working at 
at the Wells Blue Bunny ice cream booth. He said, I went to college with her and I want to take her to the game. And he said, and she kind of, you know, she didn't dig me before I had, you know, was part of Jack Link's jerky, uh-huh. which is a family business. He said, now she's kind of digging me. So, <laughs> you know, maybe she's got a friend. I said, okay, we'll go over there. So Leslie was the friend. Okay. So I so we met. Leslie says, just so you know, I have a man and let's go to the game. Yeah. So <laughs> at, the, at the stadium in Chicago, you could get a Mai Tai. And for an extra couple bucks you mm-hmm. could get an extra floater of Myers rum oh boy so by the second one i got i got a tap on the knee so then i then i knew i knew dog. I you were in shot. you were Jimmy in dog and uh anyway we fell in love and uh she moved to chicago a month later she brought her son and uh t- to the to the her parents were so freaked out they called me that guy that guy that guy <laughs> and uh and she went, and then I asked her to move in with me, and she wouldn't do it. And she got her own apartment. She got a job at WLS Radio in Chicago. And uh, I put her son, Spencer, into, uh, into a preschool. And, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, and then we ended up, we got engaged a year later and uh, That's cool. pregnant with Lucy. And, and I adopted Spencer. And, uh, and, look, our life has been all the ups and downs. Mm-hmm. We've seen all the shit that anybody would see in their life. Yeah. And, and here we are today. So, Amazing. Uh, so yeah, that's uh, that's how we met. We met at McCormick Place and fell in love. And today we're 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 more in love than we've ever been. Let me ask you this, and this is a little off the wall. Yeah. Tipping culture. Yeah. When it comes to tipping at restaurants, what do you think about it? Okay, here's my deal on tipping. Give it to me. I tip servers bonkers. Okay, that's I good. I love that's that. That's me. That's epic. Yeah. I'm, I, I tip, if, if I've got a $500 bill, but remember, I'm rich. Right. I'll tip, <laughs> I'll tip two, three, four, 500 bucks. I mean, I always, I always try to exceed expectations. Mm-hmm. I see how hard, I know what these kids come through. Mm-hmm. I know what they're doing. I know how they make their living. I'm a massive tipper. As far as the, 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 the iPads go, you know what? It is what it is. You know, if you get it put in front of you and you're on the spot... <laughs> You know, it's like really tip 18, 23 or 35%. <laughs> yeah. There's not even a 10 there. No. Like, can I just, no. like, can I just give you a buck for a it's cup of insane. coffee? Right. right. <laughs> it's, 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 a, you know, but I'll tell you what, it's the new world and money's electric, you know, mm-hmm. like if you had to pull the bill out of your pocket, it's a lot harder, you know, yeah. like here's your bill, here's your money, you know, here's your change. You know, the worst is when, when they won't give you $8 back and change, they give you eight cents yeah. when you're at the bar. You're like, dude, just Come give on. me the five. You can keep the, keep the, keep the three bucks. But, um, you know, who am I to say about it's the culture today? Yeah, it is. It's, it is what it is. It's true. And, you know, it's a hustle. And uh, anybody that's, uh, you know, it is what it is. And, yeah. uh, you know, but I mean, when you're at Bridgestone, and you're getting a you know an eighteen dollar pretzel, <laughs> right? And twelve dollar M and M's. It's thirty two bucks. What are you gonna tip? Eighteen percent? Yeah, it's like six know? bucks. They leaned back and just grabbed it off the shelf and handed it to you. It's Come on. I don't and know. everything's shrinking, right? The shrinking burger and the shrinking <laughs> everything is shrinking and getting smaller. So. Exactly. <laughs> but uh, I don't know. This inflation thing is it's uh, it's it's, uh, yeah. it's it's real and it's here. Where do you think it's going? And what drives you crazy about? America today like what's your biggest pet peeve you know what I don't I'm not I'm not going there because okay. I I think that uh, man uh, if you get if you get down and out I, I spent a lot of years there and I spent a lot of years angry and yeah. it's not worth it mm-hmm. I think there's so much positive happening 
it's uh, uh, that focus on the good stuff. Yeah. Um, there are, there is all kinds of good stuff all around you. Your neighbors are good. Your your you know, it's I'm I'm not I'm not going there. Um, you know, um, what I would prefer is if we were all held to the same rules mm-hmm. and we all played with the same rule book. I would prefer that. Okay. But you know what? I would also prefer that every wildebeest got across the river too. Yeah. You know, it's, it, 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 I would, you know, I, I don't like this. I, I don't like, I, I, I love the constitution. If you want to change the law, the constitution is designed to change laws. You, you, you debate it, you vote on it, you legislate it, you, you implement it if it's voted on, and then you police the laws. I don't like selective honesty. I don't like I don't like the way my mother came to Ellis Island and the way that the border is open. Okay? It's not that I don't like or want people to be here, yeah. but I don't, you know, to, for us to have seven and a half million people come into America in the last three years and all the family now all these families now come onto our health care. And and I have my original Jimmy John's employee, Clint Josting, is fifty five years old. He's been waiting for a colonoscopy right now for four months. Mm. And with this new medicine today and the, the way every, you know, where we just, everything's, you know, it used to be you called your doctor, you got it right now and you got, you know, I don't like to see a guy that, that, that worked with me for 35 years and retired and, and he became a millionaire because of the stock that I gave to my team was mm-hmm. one of the recipients of it. You know, for him to have to wait that long to, to have a colonoscopy and we got all these other people coming into America dropping babies off at our hospitals and, and not getting a bill and, and ERs are being used as doctor offices we're paying those you're paying it you're paying it I'm paying mm-hmm. it mm-hmm. you want to keep paying that you like paying these 32 bucks for M&M's in a, in a, okay <laughs> you, you like that well this is this is what happens when you mm-hmm. print money and you print money and you print money and there's mm-hmm. so you know eventually you guys are going to pay the price for mm-hmm. for what's going on right now so do you like it i mean, I'd only pay 32 dollars for m and yeah. do, mm. do you like you like open borders not really yeah no. it's not cool no. it's also not cool for people to go smash and grab and you can True. steal a thousand dollars worth of stuff it's in crazy. california True. and not get busted not so 300 people come in and steal a thousand bucks worth of stuff yeah. and the store lost 300 you know yeah so, but you asked me what gets me mad. No, <laughs> I, I, I was trying to be so damn Alex nice. Alex is trying to reel but, you, you know, in there. Uh, thanks for tra- I, I'll, I'll reel myself, and I apologize no. for that. But no, no, I, no. I just think that, damn it, let's just yeah. let's just get it right, yeah. and, and let's all lock arms and get it right together, yeah. Yeah. and let's all forgive each other for all of our bullshit because yeah. we all have it. Yeah. We're all full of shit in yeah. somewhere or another. True. And I love it, Jimmy. Have you ever been to your high school reunion? Yes. How did that go? Did you see any of your bullies? Yeah. yeah. How was that moment? Was it you know, weird? You know, no, shit, you know, it was so long ago. You gotta remember how old I am. You know, first of all, that stuff is so petty, Yeah. right? It's so petty, but at the time it's so traumatic. Yeah. Great, how was it seeing him great? How you doing? Good to see you. <laughs> yeah. Um, I had one guy. It wasn't a reunion, but I went to. I'm from Cary, Illinois, and I went to the Tracks, which is the pub in Cary, 
And I was clearly the most successful kid that came out of Cary. And I was probably 27 or 28. And I saw the biggest bully that I had. And I walked into the bar of the tracks. I said, hey, Mike. And he says, hey, Jimmy. He says, you're still fat. And I said, yeah, Mike, I'm still fat. And I rem for the fact that, that, that I remember that now, I remember that now. But you know what? He probably, I mean, imagine how shitty his life had to have been mm -hmm. for him to yeah. say that. Right. Yeah. You know? At that point in time, too. At that point you know? in time, you know? Yeah. That, that poor guy. Yeah. It's so, sad. Um, but you know what? It's fine. And, and I'm, I'm actually still close with some high school guys. Really? Yeah. That's yeah. I'll see, him, I'll see him this weekend at my birthday party. Oh, that's great. Nice. Alex, I'm freaking hungry. Why don't you go get a Jimmy John sub then? Is it fast? It's freaky fast. Order online on the app. All right, should we wrap up with some freaky fast to go questions? We could, we could. Let's do it. All right, first question for you is, what kind of cologne do you wear? I've been on a little fragrance journey lately and I need some wisdom. Level 2000 soap, that's it. Level 2000 soap. No cologne. Oh, really? No cologne, no. Any reason? I, yeah, man, I, I don't. When you're in the restaurant business, True. you can't go squirting cologne on yourself <laughs> and then and then making sandwiches and having the bread taste like, you know, Elon Musk or oh. Calvin Klein or whatever whatever the shit is that you guys wear. Dang you, it. You know. If Elon made a cologne, that would be insane. That could be kind of crazy. That'd be psychedelic. It would sure. be. Yeah. It really would. Yeah, no um. cologne for JJ. None. Zero. Don't allow it on my planes and boats either. That's really? Funny. Yeah, you get a memo before you're going to board. No, no way. Yeah, well, you get plenty of time. Yeah. Wow. Go what, ahead. Why is that? Just for... Because if you if you put a pine tree in an airplane and fly <laughs> around with it for four hours, when you land, guess what your plane smells like? Pine tree. A pine tree. It's fair. Yeah, I had Bob Kidrock on my plane one time, and we flew from uh, somewhere to Alabama, and he and he had a cigar. The cigar stayed, in the, and oh. I let him have it. Mm -hmm. it, it. We were having a good time. But uh, this cigar stays for a while. So yeah, pine <laughs> trees right. Pine trees smell like pine trees. That's and fair. You know what? I just don't want to smell yeah. all kinds of different smells. Fair no, enough. Makes sense. Biggest casino bet you've made, and did it pay off? And what oh, game was gosh. it? God, I'm not a big gambler, guys, okay. but that is such a great question. Um, I, you know what? I'm, I, I'm not a big enough gambler to have this be exciting for the audience. <laughs> I wish it was. I mean, I've had 5,000 down before and split aces and, 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 and had to have 10,000 down. And, and uh, you know, and I've won them and lost them. And I would say that I've lost them more than I've won them. That's why the casinos have casinos. <laughs> so, but that's really about it for me. Okay, yeah. okay. Yeah, I'm not a big gambler. Okay. Yeah. Have you ever made a Chicago-style hot dog using... Jimmy John's bread. Nah, not a Chicago hot dog. Really? No, that could be but I've good. Made Italian beef. I made okay. Italian sausage on it for Ooh, sure. Yum. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Jared from Subway is wreaking havoc across America. He's like Thanos from Avengers. <laughs> you can assemble a team of any kind of figurehead or mascot of a food company, Papa John, Wendy's, whoever, to be your team of Avengers to go fight him. Who are you assembling on that team and why? Oh my 
God. You're going to be like, you're Iron Man. You're Jimmy John leading the, leading the charge. Or you can be Captain, you're Captain America, actually. Yeah, I'll take. You're I'll, Captain America. I'll take, I'll take, uh, I'll take Brock Lesnar, Zach Brown, and Kid Rock to go kick <laughs> anybody's ass on the planet. <laughs> That's, what a team. Uh, what would be your theme song? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> Good answer. Hey, if I saw you four in an alley, I'd be like, <laughs> Who are these yeah, guys? Right? I'm running. I'll tell you what, all three of those guys are fighting fools. That's funny. Yeah, it is funny. Okay, if you had to go back and relive one day in the prime of Jimmy John's or any moment and your kids could be there with you, what moment would you choose? You know, the, the first big award I got um, was MUFSO, Multi-Unit Food Service Operator of the Year. And my kids were babies. It would have been great to have them there. Um, um, you know, we won the NASCAR championship with my NASCAR team in 2014. It would have been great to have them there, but they were babies. They were young. They were mm -hmm. 12 and 13, and, and they, they weren't old enough. Um, but I, the, the real major stuff, they, they've been with me. I, I got the Horatio Alger Award in, in Washington, D.C. and got to go to the Supreme Court and have a medal put around my Sweet. neck by, by um, Clarence Thomas, Judge Clarence Thomas. No and it was way. A, it was a real honor. And I'm standing on stage with Reba McIntyre and Rob Lowe and wow. Roger Penske and Oprah. And uh, I mean, there were 10 recipients of the Horatio Alger Award that year. And, and, and my kids were all there and my wife was there. But gosh, I, you know, just one of the first awards, I, I remember I, I won a Cranes magazine in Chicago, 40 under 40. I was a, a Chicago winner of that, of that award. But you know, I, they, were, they were babies then too. You know, I, I'm not good at this stuff. I, I wish I, <laughs> Those are all great answers, though. You gave me like four. I gave you four. Yeah. Okay, all right. You answered you it. Got enough. I'm, I'm trying to bang this with you. If you want to go, you want to go fast. I want no, to, no, no. You're I doing I great. I wish I was better at it. You're go fine. Ahead. What's your go-to karaoke song? Oh my gosh. Oh, um, John Prine. Um, um, uh, uh, it's a John Prine song. It's a John Prine song. Hold on. Hold on, hold on. Hold I don't on. think I've ever in heard spite of, of your, in, spite of, in spite of Ourselves by John Prine, and I do it with my wife. Oh. I'll have to go listen to that. I don't I think I know that song. Maybe that we could use that song in this episode. That could be our intro or something. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah, and you can, in spite of ourselves, you can, you can, I do that with Leslie, and we crush it. <laughs> nice, we nice. crush that song. Jimmy, I got to know, I did see that you have a 50 car collection. Which is your favorite car that you have? Right now, my favorite car that I have is called a Roof CTR, okay. and it's a it's built by Alois Roof in Pfaffenhausen, Germany, Ooh. and it's a uh, it's a it's a, a family. The Roof family grew up with the Porsche family. They're right next door to each other, Whoa. and they grew up as best buds their whole life. So they make they make Porsches. Mm -hmm. They have some sort of an arrangement. I don't know what it is that Porsche allows them to build identical cars but really, really well. And so they're all, they're all analog, they're not digital. And, and the new cars today are getting very, very digital. Mm -hmm. And this, this is an 800 horsepower rear wheel drive Porsche that is bonkers. It is bonkers. <laughs> and that so right fun. now is my favorite car to just bust on. Gosh, that's so fun. That's, that's sick, that's sick. 
This is a really stupid question that I wrote last night, so bear with me. You have 17 subnames on the menu of Jimmy John's. Yeah. If you could make and produce one movie with the name, the title of the movie being one of the names of your subs, which sub are you choosing to name your movie after, and what is the movie going to be about? Jesus Christ, that's hard. (laughs) You could say Uh, the ultimate porker uh, could be interesting. I'll do the Vito and have it be yes. the, like The Godfather. I like that. Okay. And that's greatest movie of all time, right? The Godfather. Yeah. How good is that? Yeah. So what a great movie. How'd you find your salami anyway? I love the salami at Jimmy John's. Um, so originally we started buying it uh, from Corando and then we switched to Hormel and then I created my own formula. Yeah, and had somebody Whoa. make it for me. What, what's even the process like to create your own salami? Um, it's very, very easy. Really? Very easy. <laughs> yeah, you take you take you take cuts of pork front shoulder and pork butt, which is the the uh, no the pork shoulder is a they actually call it a butt. Believe it or not, the, they call a pork shoulder a butt, and the and the pork ass is the ham. <laughs> so you take a blend of the of the of the shoulder and the. And the and the and the and the rear rump, and grind it. Add a bunch of fat, flavor it with seasoning, and you put it in. A, you hang it in a drying room for about 30 days. And mm-hmm. and the and the drying room is about 130 degrees, and uh, and it just dries and cures uh, with the salts. And uh, and that's and that's what you do. And and then and what happened when you remember when nitrates got to be really bad mm-hmm. and, and it became unhealthy and they said lunch meats aren't good for you mm-hmm. uh, we figured out that if you took celery root and ground it and cooked your cooked the and, and processed your meats with the celery root powder that that acted as a natural nitrate so so we oh. went through that evolution so it's really easy to do really it's really easy yeah you it's it's a piece of cake let's make yeah. some salami we should do it that's sick yeah. that's <laughs> really really good salami Takes a lot better cuts and a lot more time and natural casing, but I didn't do that. Okay. I used I, I used man-made. So you're a big hunter, right? Yeah. What's the best hunting experience you've been on so far? You know what? I'm a, I'm a sheep hunter predominantly, although I've, I've, I've taken the Africa Big Five, but I'm really, a, 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 I like hunting sheep. I've been on over 70 sheep hunts. I've been in Mongolia, all the stands, Tajikistan, Kazakhstan, Kyrgyzstan. Um, all over the world chasing mountain sheep and I was uh, there's a there's a white sheep in America called the doll sheep in North America mm-hmm. and they live in different places and I and there was a um, a permit that I bought that was on um, an Indian reservation and they they auctioned off one permit a year and they used that money to enhance the habitat of the of the of the wildlife in the in their in this Indian reservation and there's a mountain in the in the Yukon called Arch Peak and this was about five years ago and we started the climb at seven o'clock in the morning we we got to the base of the mountain at seven in the morning and it was just getting light and we climbed to the top of Arch Peak and I got to my ram at 1.30 in the morning. Goodness. So I climbed from 7, and this is where it's light 24 Whoa. hours a day because you're so far north. Mm-hmm. So I got to that sheep at 1.30 in the morning, and it was still light out, and I was able to, to harvest the sheep at 1.30 in the morning from the top of the mountain. And, oh. uh, and then a snowstorm came, and we set up our tents. We, we, we butchered and packed up all the meat, got the skin, did, did the work. 
we camped out. We woke up. Our 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 tents were 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 well, about 18 inches of snow on the tents, and we packed up all of our stuff. And then we we came up the one side, and it was a, it was a, the shortest distance between two points is a straight line. So we said, you know, we're going to go straight down this. So I went down and, and went down that hill. First of all, climbing this mountain, and you can look it up after this, it was it was the toughest climb I've ever been. When we're done, I'll show you a couple uh -huh. pictures of that on my phone. I have them on, under oh, my cool. favorite memories. And, um, and when I got down off that mountain the next day and finally got back to the trucks and finally got all of our shit off and our wet stuff, I had walked off both of my big toenails and fallen off my, my you know, from the, mm -hmm. from, uh -huh. and it was just, it was brutal, it was hard, it was, but I did it. Yeah. yeah. I did it. Yeah. And I did it. And I, and, and the Ram ended up being 13 and a half years old. They lived to be 12. He was at the end of his life and it was a beautiful Ram. I can't wait to show you a picture. But that for me was the, was the, the most memorable, um, memorable, challenging, amazing. I mean, we got back to camp and we cooked those ribs from that sheep over the fire. Those are the best oh ribs my gosh. I ever had. <laughs> so ever, fresh. Ever, ever. <laughs> and uh, so that was it. That was it. I, I wish it was more exciting for you. But no, it was that Arch, sounds it was amazing. the Arch Peak Ram. And uh, I'll, I'll show you a picture. Yeah, I'd love cool. to see. Doesn't it just feel so good to do something physically hard? Like we trained for a marathon last year and ran one. And it's just so like, I don't know. Yeah, it just done, lights you, you up. so accomplished. What marathon did you guys run? We did the uh, Ventura. Yeah, Ventura out in California. So you kind of start in Ojai and then end right on the beach. So Incredible. How, how long is it? Twenty five miles. Twenty six point two. Mm -hmm. And you guys did that? Yeah. We, did we had a little squad of people. Okay, right on. It was, it was so insane. fun. I don't know. I don't know that I'm. I'm I <laughs> walked the marathon. That's amazing. You hey, guys. Yeah, that's fun. yeah. We Good trained for, for like four months. Yeah, I think so. It was so. hard, but it was. But looking back, it's like we kind of missed. But the same, pain. like the toenails come off, like. You know, yep. different sport, same result. <laughs> yeah, right? Yep. It feels so good. It yeah. does. Yeah, it, it does. does feel good. So, yeah, thanks for asking me about the hunting. Yeah. It's, uh, it's, uh, it's, uh, it's great. I, I had an interesting one. I went to Latvia this mm -hmm. winter, and I, mm -hmm. and I hunted red stag in Latvia. Wait, what's wow. red stag? I don't know it's, what that it's is. It's like an elk. Oh, okay. Yeah, and I, and I hunted in Latvia. And you hunt them at night, and you find them with... Uh, um, they, they come into these fields and that's how they hunt them. They hunt them at night. And, oh. uh, so I never hunted at night before. So that was interesting. And, uh, and you use that, uh, they have all these lenses and all these setups to Whoa. do it. It's like, it's just like, it's normal for them. Yeah. That's what they do. And, uh, and then they, they, they do it for food. They don't do it for anything else but food. And, uh, yeah, it was interesting. I saw a video one time. My dad showed me this. It's like, you can hog hunt from a helicopter. Have you ever done that? I haven't hog hunt, but I hunted. Um, you know what I have in New Zealand? I Whoa. hunted. I hunted wild pigs from a helicopter. What? Yeah, I did in New Is Zealand. Is it hard? I hunted wallabies, which are little. Yeah. You know, and yeah. then um, I did a. Uh, um, I had there was you know what a call means when they have to call a herd. Mm you have, when you have to call a herd of animals when the herd exceeds uh, the ground's ability to sustain mm. its its food consumption so um, I, I went on a call hunt for um, blue wildebeest in South Africa wow. I was I, you know and they said would you like to come along so I, I went along and it, 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 for me after a while it, 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 it it's a little gruesome to me uh, but but it's just me. You mm -hmm. know what? It had to be done. It, it's it's got to be done. So, uh, but I did that. So I actually have have done it. Okay. Yeah. That's, That's cool. Amazing. 
We're building a CEO bookshelf. Everyone we interview, we ask them for one book that they would recommend to go on our bookshelf yeah. for our listeners. Yeah. Is there a book that you would like to add to our CEO bookshelf? 1000% The One Minute Manager. Okay. Absolutely. Ken Blanchard's The New One Minute Manager is, if you want to learn how to manage people, that is the greatest. That book changed my life. That, yeah. that book is incredible. Um, I have two more, but you asked for one and that's it. Okay. Okay. And last but not least, who is one CEO you'd want to have lunch with that you never have? Lindsay Snyder, in and out. Oh, mm. she's a dream guest of ours too. Mm -hmm. If we ever have Ron, we'll invite you back. Thank you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, look, we know that you never got a college degree, correct? And you know, I know you already had a sub, but I do want to give you this. Open it up. Could be new to the menu. I don't know. In this package <laughs> is a rolled up what appears to be a diploma in a loaf of Jimmy John's bread. As I open it up, <laughs> that's interesting. <laughs> Unfurl that baby. I'm going to, I'm doing it right now live. Here we go. Bachelor of Science in Breadology. We hereby confer Jimmy John Leoto with this degree for the completion of his grit 18 hour days and the economic growth of Champaign, Illinois. Oh, Jade and Alex, CEO of the lunch break. You guys, thanks a lot. Jimmy, no, that's, that, for, that, that's so sweet on. and thoughtful. And, you know, I struggle with that town. So it just means the world to me that you. Did this i'm going to frame this and put this in my office it mm. means more to me than a than a degree of bread it's <laughs> a, it's an honor to be here and, and to uh and to talk about my life it's uh it's great to be introspective and to just think about it and i wish i was more naturally entertaining but i'm oh, not Jimmy, get out of here with that <laughs> negative self-talk we're not about that here you've been incredible you know i think our listeners will think this interview went a little too freaky fast so mm -hmm. i feel I, th I think so but we're just we're thankful to have a absolute american legend on our podcast the ceo lunch break and i hope you had a great time i really do and thank you anymore really appreciate it you're a very kind couple very nice people it's really nice to meet you and thanks for having me here and uh letting me talk about myself for a couple hours it really made me think you guys made me think really really think and uh and typically you can give honest answers or, or what happened to me or make it up for entertainment purposes. But uh, you guys got pure fact from me and that's what Love happened it. to me. Well, so thank you. you like it or don't like it, it is what it is. <laughs> so thanks for having me. Guys. I do have one final question. Yeah. Who is a friend of yours that's a CEO that you think would enjoy this conversation that would want to be maybe on our podcast? I could help you with lots of CEOs <laughs> to be on your podcast. Um, uh, uh, you know, who's the CEO? There is a woman 
that runs a company called Kuyu Outdoor Gear, K-U-I-U. Her name is Melissa. This woman is one of the most baller women (laughs) that I've ever met. I'm I'm gonna even take the word woman out of there. One of the most baller CEOs that I've ever met in my entire life. You ask me about a baller, this woman has taken this company and blown it up and built it and she works it and she grinds it and she crushes it. She is so cool, she is so enthusiastic and she will be here for the Safari Club convention that's gonna be in Nashville uh, next, uh, in February, in early February. She's going to be here because her booth is going to be at our convention center here in Nashville. Oh, cool. This woman, Melissa, if you got her, she is, she's super modest and humble. Okay. Let her hear what I just said. Okay. <laughs> and I will help you get Melissa. That's she is, awesome. Melissa's the most baller CEO I know today right now. Cool. Amazing. Well, we appreciate it. I know. What a time. Thanks, Jimmy John. Thank my, you. My pleasure, guys. Thank you guys so much for taking a lunch break with us and coming along on this conversation with us. We hope you enjoyed it and got a lot of good value out of this episode. If you could, before you leave, please just go to your favorite podcast app of choice. Leave a review, like, subscribe. That'd really help us out. And thank you guys for being here. We'll see you all on the next CEO Lunch Break.